0: Welcome to Firmly Grasp It, a podcast about sports and all its being. I'm your host, Evan Greenberg. Today's episode, we have two guests. The first one is my main guest, my co-host. You know him as the King of Jordan, Sammy Oshawabka. How are you today?
1: Doing well. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing well. Besides us, our third member of the crew, she is a first time guest on the show. Our first female guest. Hopefully, we'll have many more coming up. She is a big Pittsburgh Steelers fan. She is the reason that I survived our most frustrating college class of all time. (laughs) All-time kindergarten teacher. Tori Keenan, welcome to the podcast.
2: Hey, lovely to be here.
0: How are you today?
2: Oh, you know, we're chilling. I'm, I'm surprised I'm the first female on here. I feel like a pioneer paving the way.
0: We're trying to. We want to be as inclusive as we can. It's just, it's hard to find... People who are just willing to come on, as willing as you were, fortunately.
2: Well, I I have absolutely nothing to do, so uh, I'm honored.
0: (laughs) So before we start, we are doing the Pittsburgh Steelers today, and Tori, despite being from upstate New York, is a Steelers fan. So Tori, why are you a Steelers fan?
2: Well, I mean, other than the obvious fact that we're the best, sorry Sammy, um, (laughs) the Patriots ain't got nothing on us. Um, How many Bowls you know,
1: have you witnessed?
2: Um, Witnessed myself, like, personally. <laughs> Not as many yeah. as you probably. Shut up. But um, anyway, I think we're better. We'll always be better in my mind. Um, but my family is from uh, Latrobe, Pennsylvania. And I grew up going there over the summers and watching the training camp from their backyard. Actually, you could see, like, right across the the Valley in their backyard, the training camp happening. So I've met a couple of cool players, got some stuff signed and it kind of always stuck with me. And, uh, my mom is a huge, huge football fan. She actually played, um, for the Rochester women's galaxy team in upstate New York, um, as the quarterback when I was like just born. So she's kind of oh, the ultimate mom, you know, so, uh, our family's a big football fan in general, but definitely, a Steelers fan through and through
0: talk about a pioneer really your mom's leading the way first and you're just following her
2: I know right I'm not that cool though I don't think I could ever be a quarterback for a women's football team but you know we could always could always dream of it
0: (laughs) that's fair and all right let's start kind of getting into this before we get into their pre-draft needs and then their picks What did you use for your grading criteria, Tori? As a teacher, I hope you kinda did something a little bit creative.
2: (laughs) I mean, I don't think it was super creative, but I definitely used that like point grading system scale where, you know, I turned the points into that letter grade. Um, but from what I've gathered and from what I've done like previously and taking it from like the NFL, I started on like that five point scale. So starting at like the chance to be in like the NFL training camp, you know, would be like a 5.0 and then all the way up to that, that eight scale, like the perfect prospect. Um, And then whatever that would translate in there would be to like, you know, an A pick or a B pick, C pick, whatever. And I didn't have any A picks this year. I don't, I didn't give out any A grades. um, Sadly, lots of B's and lots of C's.
0: already spoiling your picks i know
2: sorry um just you know foreshadowing here can't help it
0: it's all right i'm sure any steelers fans or people that have followed the steelers draft up to this point are agreeing with you and i believe sammy and i will be on similar bounds i i have a feeling that we're not going to be too differed in our thoughts for most of this draft
2: probably not i mean uh, even like reading about it and and watching it live and everything i i had the same thoughts as everybody that was was talking about it anyway so
0: (laughs) for sure and just to give you a quick briefing sammy does letter grades i do a check if it's a player of need for the team we'll go through those positions of needs if it hits one of those they get a check Mm -hmm. if it was a really good value more or a steal as they like to say it give it a plus if it was very much a reach or really poor value it's a minus and if it's neither, somewhere in the middle, there's just nothing to it. So you can either get check plus, check, check minus, plus, zero, or minus.
2: Spoken like a true teacher.
0: <laughs> Thank you. I wanted to keep it simple. Keep it as objective as I could.
2: You know the the acronym, K-I-S-S. Keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> I like it. I hope
0: you're not talking to me.
2: <laughs> no, it's just a saying. Take it how as you will, Evan. How you All right.
0: Fair enough. I was called a charity case earlier today. I don't need to be called stupid on my own podcast. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to those pre-draft needs. I didn't have too many for the Steelers. They actually, despite not even making playoffs last year, are in pretty good shape for at least the present year. I had a second wide receiver next to Juju Smith-Schuster. I had a second quarterback behind Big Ben Roethlisberger up to this point. They need a right tackle and then a second cornerback because fortunately they got rid of Artie Burns, but they do need somebody to replace him. Sammy, would you agree with those or do you have any other ones?
1: Yeah, um, the main one that I wanted to look at was just D tackle so I agree with you on the other ones.
2: I was going to say, if you didn't add the defensive tackle, we definitely need to have at least some depth and some quality on that defensive line. So, yeah, but I agree with what you both said
0: cool let's get on to the picks then their first round pick they did not have as a result of the minka fitzpatrick trade with the miami dolphins last year if you go back to that episode they had three first round picks one of them was from the Steelers. their first pick in the second round 49th overall they took chase claypool wide receiver out of notre dame Tori, i'll start with you what was your grade and thoughts on this pick
2: so I gave him an overall B based that off of, I think he'll maybe start in the, in the upcoming maybe season or maybe two seasons. Even he's going to be adding a lot of size. He's a big body out on the field. I think that's good in case for, for Juju and Deontay Johnson out there, especially losing, you know, Brown out there now that Juju's being double covered all the time. It's nice to have a little bit of depth on our, on our wide receiver end. But I don't think he's quite ready to be a starter. But you know you never know. He might surprise us.
0: And Sammy, you agree with that or feel a little differently?
1: Yeah, I gave it a B grade just due to I like Claypool. We we talked about him many times. I liked him coming out from college. And he's probably at he's gonna start out being a rotational piece, but I feel like his size would be an incredible piece for Big Ben to work with. So it's a good pick for them. I'm giving it a B.
0: As I said, we're going to be in pretty good agreement. I'm a little less high on Claypool than seems like both of you are. He was a guy coming into the combine. People didn't really even know whether he was going to come out as a wide receiver or a tight end. And then he had a blazing sub 4 five forty, And then one, raised him up draft boards a lot. And two, solidified his position as a wide receiver. That versatility is what will likely get him on the field early. They can put him as that almost de facto tight end in certain situations, because Vance McDonald, their main tight end last year, struggled a lot. However, I think the combine stuff itself was a big propeller. And as certain guys like Mikai Becton, who I've previously mentioned, the combine winners aren't necessarily my favorite guys, which makes me feel like this might not be the best pick. He's more of a developmental guy, as Torrey said. His projected draft spot was right around this pick, which is why for me, it's simply a check. It's nothing great. I don't love the pick as much as maybe you two do, but where he was projected to lie and the fact that they need a wide receiver too, it makes a lot of sense.
1: I I want to add that I like one other reason why I like him is because of his size. And I believe I mentioned in our NFC AFC North episode pre- prior to the draft that tight end, depending on what happens with Vance McDonald, could have been used as uh, as a potential need. And his size definitely fits tight end role. He can be a dual factor of as a blocking tight end or as just a big receiver on the outside.
2: Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I just I I'm kind of not changing my mind now that I'm listening to Evan, but I also forgot to mention that. I just don't think that it was a smart decision to have it be the second round pick i think he'll add like dimension to the team like we've talked about with his size and his versatility but i just don't think that was like what we te- that we needed and our second round pick for for our team and our depth standpoint.
0: this was really in terms of depth a very deep wide receiver class in general there were a lot of good wide receivers that went after Claypool. At least they didn't reach on a guy like Van Jefferson, who the Rams took 57 overall. But there was Denzel Mims, who the Jets took in the 60s, who was still available. Mm -hmm. It's kind of that balance of there were some better players. There were some worse players they could have certainly taken with this spot, which is why I think the B is fair. I would give it, if I was doing your grades, maybe a B minus, just because I don't personally like him as much. But Mm -hmm. the value is there. The position of need is there, which is why it's a totally fine pick. It's nothing spectacular.
2: Yeah. I'm not, like, dazzled by it, but I'm not, like, super mad about it.
0: (laughs) That's totally fair. Let's move on to the third round pick, 102nd overall. They took Alex Highsmith, defensive end, out of Charlotte. And, Sammy, I'll start with you. What was your grade for this pick?
1: I also gave it a B grade. I feel like there's a trend with these first two picks they've made that they're looking at adding more depth as opposed to filling needs. They currently have Bud Dupree and... I believe Ola, I don't, I don't know if you can pronounce it, fix my pronunciation, but Adani? Yeah, you're right. Or Adani? Okay. I feel that with those two, he's not going to be exactly starting, but I saw that Bud Dupree might be gone in free agency next year, so possibly as a cheaper option to replace him for next year and not exactly start this year. So I give it a B grade, just, I, I like him too, he, he's not like a bad town and later in the third round is good value for him.
0: I want to add that they also, Cam Hayward, who's sort of that D-tackle, DN end role, and then they also have T.J. Watt. Right. So oh, and like T.J. Watt, yeah. They have few edge rushers already, but Tori, before I go, I'll let you kind of give your thoughts and grade.
2: I pretty much agree with, with Sammy there. I mean, he's not dazzling me, but I think it's nice to have that depth. I think, like, as a general statement for our draft this year, I think, they were really going for futuristic type of plan and kind of like planning for what we're going to need if somebody were to be hurt or if somebody, you know, were to be traded in that free agency type deal going on there. So, and it's, that's not like the typical way that we normally go. It's normally like, Hey, we're going to draft you and you're going to be serviced like real quick. A lot of these guys don't show that potential to me. So I'm rating him a B as well. It'll be nice to have that support and backup for if Watt and Dupree ever got hurt or anything like that, but definitely not a starter in my mind. Could be with the right training and coaching and and, uh, leadership there.
0: I agree with you for the most part that he's not a starter right away, considering one, that defensive line was one of their biggest strengths already, and that he's much more of another similar to Claypool in that he's more of an athlete, not as much of a real, he's not going to get you big numbers, he's not going to be pulling up sacks right away i like this pick not very much at all this is probably my least favorite pick out of all there so far because one it is not a need in the slightest and two we did not mention him in any of our pre-draft talks which covered maybe the first 110 picks or so and what i've been reading is that he was likely projected fourth or fifth round taking him also from a school that's you charlotte which is not producing playing against big teams you're not really getting that high-level competition. So moving straight from there to the NFL, unless they really stand out, someone, I mean, Cleo Mack's more of a bigger example because he went fifth overall and he was able to show himself against Ohio State. I'm just not sold on Highsmith. The grade is a minus for me because I felt like it was a reach and defensive end is not of any sort of need. Yeah, that's fair. You ready to move on to fourth round pick? Sure. 124th overall, their first of two fourth round picks they took Anthony McFarland running back out of Maryland. Tori, I'll start with you. I know Sammy has some stuff to say on McFarland, but what is your thoughts and grades?
2: Overall, gave him a C. I like I've like I I feel like we keep going back in the same circle. They're definitely trying to stock up a bench, and it's not a terrible idea just because Connor hasn't really consistently shown that he's able to stay healthy throughout the season. And with Snell's in there too. I mean Snell's was an awesome addition what was it, two years now? Last year. But it's always nice to have a backup. From what I've seen, he doesn't really fit like the the mold that I envision our running backs to have as Steelers. If you think about it, like the the running backs that we've had recently, like Snells and Bell and Obviously Connor, they're workhorses. They can dance around that line until they hit the hole and then they explode. and they're they're patient. they're they're willing to put in that work to really get the job done. And I just haven't seen that from McFarland and his highlight tapes at all. He looks really slow. He is really slow, given his stats. It's tough because we can't replace the loss that we <laughs> we, we took when we um, lost Hargrave. but I mean, I guess it's a, another addition to the bench. I don't know. I'm not happy with it.
0: Sammy, I think like this is going to be someone that's a little different.
1: I disagree with pretty much most of those points, but I am going to give it a C-plus <laughs> grade.
0: Okay. And how come? That's not because, what I
1: expected. Because I, before I talk about McFarland himself, the Steelers didn't need to draft a running back with this pick. There are probably other a better options that they could have drafted with this pick. They didn't necessarily need to draft a running back, but I mentioned him in our favorite uh, favorite fits episode that McFarlane is one of my favorite players of, not one of my favorite players, but one of my favorite fits that he's in a good situation being on the Steelers as for any running back, if you're drafted by the Steelers, you know they like something about you to be in their future, given their history of who they've drafted in the past and running backs. But I will say that him, he's not that slow. He's probably gonna add a level of speed that this the other running backs don't have. He's a lot faster than what you uh what you saw. He has I believe he had a four 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 four
2: forty
1: four. Yep. Yeah. Forty yard dash, which is compared to who else they have on the team, that's pretty fast, I would think. And I get that his career at Maryland wasn't exactly the best because it's 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 Maryland. They're not exactly really known to have that many skilled players given they Almost well-known one that anyone can name is Diggs. But he had that level of speed that is just uncomparable. And I think he would be a good rotational piece early on for the team. I don't think they should have drafted him. He's a good fit as they picked him, but I don't think they really should have drafted him. So I'm going with the C+. But I like him as part of that rotation in the backfield.
0: And a little different from the first two picks. I'm higher on this pick than both of you are. <laughs> I guess Sammy probably convinced me during that favorite fits that he is a solid player as you mentioned a 444 would place him as probably the fastest running back on the entire roster. And going back to old Pittsburgh backs, he reminds me of Willie Parker somewhat of his He's more of a one-cut guy, but can break through holes really nicely. And the reason that he's such a good fit with the Steelers is because they have one of the better offensive lines in the entire league. He should fit in nicely there. And I'm sure the Steelers line will be happy that they don't have to do these slow developing run plays for him like they did for Bell and for Connor. It'll be a nice change of pace, as Sammy mentioned. We had him late third, early fourth as a projection. They don't need a running back. The issue is that, A lot of all the good running backs were already really taken. He was probably the best one available at this point, which makes it totally fair, even if they don't want him. But last year they had so many issues with running backs. They had they had Snell, they had Terrell Edmonds, they had guys who really should not be starting NFL games as running backs, starting NFL Mm -hmm. games as running backs. Mm -hmm. Saying all that, I gave the great. It was between a zero or a plus. I'll stick with a zero just because we did not really mention him in our top 100. 124 would probably be closely in line. It's as good of a mediocre pick as you could probably have. <laughs> I feel like that's a not a nice way to put it, and puts it makes me sound like I'm more in line with you two. It's a running back is just not a valuable position. They have several on the team, but he can be a nice addition and fit in at least for this year nicely as a complementary back.
2: I think it's going to take some training to get him to get him used to that offensive line and how they run plays and stuff like that. But I mean, if he's willing to learn and that he's willing to mold to that, then Hey, whatever.
1: I mean, he's not, he wasn't used to offensive line, given what he had at Maryland. Maryland was a train wreck pretty much every season.
0: (laughs) That's what I was going to say. He's never had a good offensive line since maybe high school. I don't really know how his high school performances was. It'll be very nice for him, which is why Sammy has him as a fit. And he's likely, I don't know what he's going to be as a pass blocker. That's probably where he'll need time to develop. So he likely won't be on the field as a third down guy. He's a small guy. He's a
1: really small guy. Really small guy. He's He's only 5'8".
0: He's not the best pass catcher, which is a little unfortunate. If he wants to work on that a little more and become more dynamic receiver out of the backfield, that's really where he's going to shine. Because being able to be a third down back is likely his best chance to get significant looks on the team and then eventually if they get rid of connor or connor's heart that'll be his opportunity to take over this year i see him mostly as a third down receiving back or just a first down guy and then or it depends on injuries he won't play too much this year considering yeah. that they have several other running backs on the depth chart
2: yeah i would agree with that
0: let's move on to their other fourth round pick the 135th overall they took kevin dotson guard out of louisiana lafayette and sammy Although really you're just an LSU fan, you were born in Louisiana, which gives you residence over all our Louisiana players that get drafted in these teams. <laughs> so I'll let you go first. What was your thoughts and grades on Kevin Dotson?
1: I want to give this a B minus. I was considering C plus, but I think I'm gonna stick with B minus. He's not a bad player. He's kinda he he's big and he's physical and he can fit. On that offensive line and i do see him in the next few years being the go-to starter on that line problem is if you're gonna pick someone in that position tyler beatis was still available which he who i would consider was a much better athlete and a much better just offensive lineman whether guard or center but mostly center i just think that with him still being on the board and they they probably could have should have gone with him over Dotson, and I didn't like that they went with Dotson. I'm giving him a B-. Is
0: he expected to play center or guard? I would have figured him more as a guard than a center.
2: I think he's going for guard.
1: I think he's going for guard, yeah. but I think he's just a huge project because he's not too ex- experienced at guard. He was a center for most of his years in at Louisiana Lafayette and pretty much played one season as a guard. So he he still has a lot of raw talent that would still need to be developed.
0: Which is kind of in the theme with most of their picks so far. They're going for the guys who need to be developed. And as we kind of talked about, guard is, offensive line in general is one of their biggest strengths. He's not going to be expected to play right away. You're giving him that opportunity to develop. Mm -hmm. But I guess it might be a little bit of a reach. Tori, what would you give him as a grade and I guess some thoughts?
2: Definitely, I, I'm i also struggling between, like, the C-plus and B-minus, so I guess I'm going to go with a B-minus. I think he I, he's freaking huge, and he's able to, you know, just maul people right off the point of attack. He seems like he's real physical. He's not afraid of that challenge, and like we've said before, he gives that offensive line the depth, and I'm not opposed to, you know, having that depth be stacked up just because just being... <laughs> a fan and a long time, you know, viewer of how our season goes. We always start off real strong and then their conditioning starts to lack and they get tired, they get hurt, and there's not a lot of depth on that bench to really protect Ben and that's when Ben gets hurt and then it's just just a rough downhill battle. So I'm not, like, super mad about them going with the fourth-round pick with Dotson. But like Sammy said, I think there were other picks that they could have chosen over Dotson. I'm not like super thrilled with him. But like I said, he is huge and he has potential. So B plus or B minus. Sorry.
0: This one, I'm probably in similar grade with you. I gave him a zero, which just means his value is fine, but it wasn't a need. In terms of nice fits, he's in this good position as any of these offensive linemen, maybe besides Bidas in this fourth round considering the Steelers probably better than any other team are able to consistently develop offensive linemen and have them be successful in the league. And the fact that he probably will not play this year, but he has some of the physical traits to play on that interior of the offensive line, he'll have a year or so to develop maybe two years even. And then once you need him, he'll be available and ideally provide that run blocking ability that he was known for at Louisiana Lafayette and is what you're hoping for with this team. I gave it, like I said, a zero, but that means doesn't mean it's a bad pick. It's a totally fine pick from where it is, similar to what Tori said.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Maybe they could have gotten Bayadaz or a couple other guys. Ben Breeden, was it still around? The team Moody fell for another two more rounds. There are obviously other guys. The pick is, I think it's a decent pick overall, though. Getting an extra offensive lineman and getting that rotational depth on the line can't really hurt.
2: Yeah. It seems like he has, like, the fundamentals pretty drilled into him. So he's got a good base to start from.
0: And if Sammy mentioned, if as a former center, there is some versatility there, which is always nice to have.
2: Mm-hmm. Agreed.
0: Let's move on to their sixth-round pick. They did not have a pick in the fifth round. Sixth round, 198th overall. They took Antoine Brooks Jr., safety out of Maryland, their second Maryland pick out of in their last three. Sammy, I'll start with you on this one. What was your grade for this pick?
1: I know I know one friend of mine who'd be really happy with this as he went to University of Maryland. I gave this one a solid B. I really liked him for his value, given that he was where I was seeing him being projected around late fourth, early fifth round as a safety, and seeing him in the being drafted in the sixth round is, is good value for him. But on his abilities, the Steelers are kind of thin on safety. They pretty much have one good safety on the entire roster. Agreed. <laughs> and Brooks, what I got out of him when I watched his tape was he's good at tackling the run game. His coverage is kind of subpar, so you probably see him being more used to on the, the rush-heavy side of defense. I give him a solid B. I really like him. Tori?
2: I originally gave him a C+. I'm going to be honest, I don't know too much about him other than like where he came from, his like general stats and stuff like that. I haven't seen much of his tapes, but from what I've like read about him, he seems like he's pretty solid in what he brings to the table with his, his tackling and ability to, to kind of be like that alpha on that field. And like Sammy said, we don't really have many safeties, so we really need that that leadership in the back there. So, I I just I, I think I gave it such a low rating just because I have that forever soft spot in my heart for Troy Polamalu. <laughs> and like I just I will always compare like whoever's back there to him and it's just like I I don't know. I don't know. It's so hard.
0: <laughs> it's hard to lose your loved ones like that.
2: It is. It's just devastating. I like will forever be shedding a tear. <laughs>
0: For me, I actually like the pick a lot. I'm similar to Sammy in that regard. Sammy, would you say that he's your second favorite safety named Antoine coming into this draft? For sure. (laughs) The first one being Antoine Winfield out of Minnesota. (laughs) I like Brooks. As Sammy mentioned, his value was really in that late fourth, early fifth. Getting him all the way down at 198 provides a really nice need. And also, as Sammy mentioned, the fact that he's more of a run stuffer. Meanwhile, Minka Fitzpatrick or other safety is much more of a coverage guy. Those two can be paired really nicely together, although they don't might not, not need him this year. And also, don't worry, Tori, we've given our disclaimer to the listeners how we should they should not expect us to give five minutes on their sixth and seventh round picks for each team.
2: <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, so it was like going on that just find, making this Yeah, it was like hard to find information in like videos that I trusted and actually learned something from. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you probably just got a lot of Maryland hype tapes.
2: Yeah. I gave this
0: pick a plus. Go No, now, now go Terps. Sorry to your Maryland <laughs> friend, unless he's coming on the podcast. <laughs> no, no go Terps. <laughs> I gave the pick a plus because of the value of safety, just simply not being in a position to need. But as a, another depth piece, every single pick seems to be a depth piece. This is probably my favorite one so far, in that he has a really nice opportunity to play by his second year. If he makes a team, he provides a lot of the skills that Steelers fans like out of their safeties. <laughs> so for me, it's a plus. I like the pick. Probably my favorite one of the draft for them.
2: Honestly, I should be more excited about it. I just, I, I really think it's my bias. that <laughs> it's not Troy Palmao.
0: <laughs> it's 198 overall. There's the, I, the fact that very few 198 picks and later end up being successful players there's reasons to be somewhat skeptical
2: yeah we'll see
0: for sure their last pick seventh round, 232nd overall they took carlos davis defensive lineman out of nebraska Tori, i'll start with you on this one what was your thoughts and grades for him
2: i mean who first of all (laughs) um i gave him (laughs) i gave him like a b minus i mean i feel like it's the same thing Definitely stacking the, the the bench and the the stats or whatever. I, I feel like he's a big fella, and he can add some real value to that to that line if he can, you know, keep his agility up and add. Ad, I don't know how I would put that into an adverb, but to be more agile coming out of his stance, it, he seems a little slow to that kind of like when he's in that tackle, but, I mean, who knows? When you're coming out of college and you're going to the NFL, anything can happen. <laughs>
0: Sammy?
1: i am put it short and sweet. This is going to be one of the few times where we're in a late round, seventh round, where I'm going to say this, but I hate the pick for this defense. <laughs> wow.
2: <laughs> Sheesh.
1: He's... He doesn't excel in anything. He's, like Tori mentioned, he's just slow. He doesn't respond fast. He actually has... Sh- One of his biggest weaknesses is he has short arms, which that's not going to help.
2: Yeah, I forgot. Aaron
0: Donald has short
1: arms. And he's not a pass rusher. So what exactly is he on the line to do?
2: I think he's literally just going to be like a sub, like a body, a warm body on the field.
1: (laughs) Someone told me that it's almost as if they decided that what's Dan McCullers' biggest problem was that he was too tall and too strong, that they want to draft his shorter, weaker clone. (laughs) I'm not even going to give a grade for it. I'm just going to pretend it didn't happen.
2: (laughs) Very harsh
0: for the 232nd overall pick.
2: (laughs) Trying to be optimistic here, but that's kind of what my soul is telling me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There is reason to expect that he won't be a contributor, maybe at any point for the Steelers. He might just be a casualty right of the offseason. I give this pick just a zero. It wasn't really a huge reach. He was expected to be a priority free agent. If not, they take the late seventh round. And we're mid seventh round at this point, as we've mentioned, unless the guy was really poorly pit, like really wasn't even supposed to be draft, like pit on a team, or if he was a third or fourth round guy, you're probably going to get that zero or check. And considering you had defensive line as a need, I didn't. Yeah. Which is really the big, the difference there. He was a four-year starter at Nebraska and his stats weren't certainly impressive. His likely spot would be maybe on special teams. That's where I could kind of see him just being one of those bodies, the block kicks. There's where he can maybe just provide that balance for you. He, like he's not going to start year one. He may never start for this year or special teams would likely be where he has his chance to make the roster, mm-hmm. but he does have a lot of experience, which you do kind of want. And he comes from a power five school. It's just a zero. It's, I'm not gonna be as harsh about him as you two were. <laughs> but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sing his praises either. It's I'm a hoping, simple zero for me.
2: I'm hoping that like his arrow is gonna be pointing up and he'll find his way, you know, in some kind of rotation. I don't know. Just yeah, for me. I him. mean,
0: his brother, Khalil Davis, is the better Davis of the two, which isn't great. But you do have you have Watts, you have Gronkowski's that several can be successful. There's an opportunity, even if you're the Worst brother to still make it in the league,
2: right? <laughs> I mean, one of the three Watts has to be the worst. Which one's the worst? <laughs> uh,
0: I don't want to. Derek Watt's probably the worst, but as a fullback, you got to you got to respect the fullback. It's hard to just <laughs> criticize him for his position,
2: right? Oh, yeah.
0: And now you have two of them. You have Derek and TJ. I know.
2: I know. I guess we'll find out which one's the better one. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Soon enough. I guess we'll kind of wrap this up. I'll start with you, Tori. What was your final thoughts and grades for the Steelers draft?
2: If I could put it into like an audible like clip, it would be a. Uh, that's my overall grade for this draft. I mean, it's not like I'm crying and like punching a hole in the wall because it was so awful but it's not like I'm jumping for joy that I'm super excited about this season with our new prospects. <laughs> um, like we said, I think it's definitely a draft for the future, which is a different approach for our GM prop to, to him for, I guess, opening a, the futuristic eye on this team. But I don't see anybody that we drafted really starting this season. I think all, all of them, in their own way have a lot to learn and a lot to prove so yeah i i guess apart from my audible sigh it's gonna be a b minus for the overall draft
0: that's fair with the likely none of them will start just because they didn't have a first round pick and that's those are the guys that you really expected to start day one you can have round two or three guys become day one impact although the Steelers didn't seem like they went that way sammy i'll let you go and then i'll finish it up
1: I agree. I went with a B minus as well. It just seemed like it was a depth draft after losing the first round pick for the Minka Fitzpatrick trade. Just a bunch of pretty much raw guys with a lot of upside, and you just got to hope they develop the right way. And I'm, I give it a B minus.
0: You're both being more generous with grading than I would have been if I was in your situation, and I guess I'm going to give my grade. The fact that they didn't have a lot of picks doesn't help, none of their picks are really spectacular. And Claypool was the only one I had that even addressed a need in any position. And considering I didn't really love him, I didn't like the Highsmith pick. McFarland and Brooks, although I considered them pluses, they are both later round guys that weren't huge steals, which is why I'd probably just give them a C overall. Mm-hmm. It's curious that they are looking into the future with their picks. With an older quarterback, you'd expect them to be in the similar to the Saints who are playing for now. I don't, and they don't they don't have a quarterback really yet for the future either, which makes the whole thing curious that they didn't draft for this year in any way whatsoever, which is why I'm not sold on the picks for the most part. So for me, I'm given a lower grade C being that it's probably slightly below average.
1: Yeah, I could make a shout of possibly a C plus as well, because I did mention that D tackle was a need and they didn't exactly address that until the seventh round.
2: Yeah, that's where I was gonna go with that too. Definitely needing that defensive tackle, and not like you said, Sammy, not getting it until the seventh round, and then picking up a nobody, basically, in my opinion. <laughs> like, it's, it's, that wasn't the the route to go for in my in my mind, but. Whatever. Yeah,
0: I guess I guess also the difference in our grading is our relative expectations of grades that we received in college where you two a B minus would have been awful and I could have probably been <laughs> content with a B minus.
2: <laughs> this is true. But Evan, you, you you nailed it in college. Maybe with my help. But...
0: I had one good year. I I, pe- I had a one year peak and that was pretty much it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God.
0: At least the Steelers aren't having a one year peak. They've had a nice long, successful run with tomlin and big ben
2: uh did you see last season
1: but That's, that wasn't big I mean, Ben's every year,
0: true and even that wasn't that terrible of a year considering they had mason Rudolph and duck just throwing throwing ball the entire season
2: it was so painful guys <laughs> that was the pain of my existence what <laughs> like
0: dude.
2: i I, t- <laughs> I dreaded it
0: i root for worse on a annual basis you had one bad year you can handle it you're a big girl
2: I know. I know I'm a big girl, and I sound spoiled, but, dude. Coming off that high horse of, like, you know, the Sixburg. Woo! And the Steel Curtain just diminishing into nothing. Oh, my God. Steel
0: Curtain? We're getting back to the 70s. (laughs) Exactly!
2: The second round of Steel Curtain is gone.
0: I guess I have to hold hope for our Joe Namath days of the Jets fan to return. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I think that's all we got here Tori thank you for coming on this is a lot of fun
2: this is super fun I'd love to be on again
0: yeah we'll definitely figure out another time to have you on for sure and Sammy thanks for coming on as always thanks for having me and thank you all for listening make sure you're subscribed to Firmly Grasp It wherever you listen to your podcasts make sure you follow us on Twitter at It 2020 you can email us at It 2020 at gmail.com Make sure you tell your friends about us. Continue listening. We got several more teams coming up in the next few weeks. Once again, if your team has not been heard yet, they will come up, I promise. Thank you for listening and talk to you soon.